Alain Prost, a four-time world champion, a former F1 team owner, a hero in his homeland. But the question everyone wants to know the answer to is, what's your favourite type of peanut butter? Smooth. Hello and welcome to the 250th edition of Gareth Jones On Speed. I for one are impressed that we're still going after all these years, as are my co-hosts Richard Porter and Zong. Still broadcasting, boys. Still Still broadcasting about F1 as well, regardless of the fact that this Canadian Grand Prix was... In some ways, a bit of a groundhog day. And I don't mean the creature that ran out on the circuit. It was, you know, the same stuff over again. Lewis winning. Nico coming second. And the Honda story getting worse and worse and worse. How bad does it have to get before, I don't know, someone is shot at Honda? As a McLaren fan, it's just painful to see how tough a year they're having, really. Most years, I actually have make a bet with... A friend of mine, Stevie, we make some kind of F1 bet for the year. And when we were talking about what our bet for this year would be, we agreed that it would be something to do with McLaren Honda and how well they were going to do. Now, we never actually managed, before the season started, to agree on exactly what it is that we were betting on. You know, whether it would be how high up the Constructors' Championship McLaren finished, how many points they'd score, whether they'd win a race or not, or anything like this. But I'm very glad that we didn't ever actually manage to come up with a better knock because I'm quite sure that there is no way that whatever we came up with would have been anything that allowed me to win the bet. I would have, you know, <laughs> confidently bet on... Uh, unless it was a very specific bet. Like, I bet you that at the seventh race of the season, Fernando Alonso will appear to lose his temper. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and didn't he, Richard? How the car is. I mean, well, he, to he the point, like a drunkard on the radio. That's what I was, was going to say. I, that was that was your well observed point about he just sounded like I don't like Jack. Well, you know, Jaguar are one of the uh, big sponsors of that team. There's Johnny Walker all over that car. If I were Alonso or Button, I would have turned to the bottle. I mean, it's shocking, isn't it? Really? It's getting worse, is my perception. They keep saying, oh, no, we've found two seconds since the start of the season. Yeah, but other teams seem to have found 12 seconds, and they finish the race. I think this says a lot about how hard it is to make car to the current regulations, how hard it is to come in and build the power unit to those regulations, integrate that with a chassis and make the whole thing work. If McLaren and Honda are having this much trouble... You know, well, on the one hand, it does make the sport kind of interesting because we like to see teams being challenged and we like to yeah. see clever engineers and clever teams of technical people coming up with interesting approaches and solving problems and those solutions doing exciting things out on track. But there's something wrong probably in the way things are drawn up if they are having this much trouble and are then sort of in turn being penalised over and over for it because they're having to keep replacing the engines, mm. taking penalties for it. And, you know, it's clearly going to be a little while before they really turn it around. Where did Button start the race, Richard? Well, I think technically it's what you'd call the back. Ontario, I thought. Yeah. It was, uh... <laughs> it was yeah. yes, Saskatchewan yeah. was about where his grid slot was. Yeah, the thing is, I, on the one hand, think they'll get this together. Oh, They'll yeah, get this together they eventually. They will. But what if they don't? What yeah. if McLaren are thinking that Honda this time around will be like Honda last time around? Whereas, mm-hmm. in fact, what if Honda this time around turned out to be like Peugeot when they were supplying mm. engines to very little success and then just scarpered again when they realised it wasn't going well? 
Mm. It could be. There's nothing to say they'll absolutely nail it because, as you say, Gareth, it's like everybody else is making progress at the same time. It's yeah. not like everyone else has agreed just to sort of tread water until Honda have got their shizzle together because they haven't. They're all working really hard and using up their engine tokens and doing what it takes, and they will next season as well, which is when you'd think they're not going to get it together for this season on current progress. Seven races in, we're not halfway, but we're getting close to halfway through the season. Well, and, and, and in a sense, at this point in the season, what is the point in them actually improving that car to a point where they could do some serious racing towards the end of the season? The most sensible thing to do, surely, is to treat this year as a development year and go into next season with a competitive car. If they can get their engine working by next season and on current pace, I'm not convinced that they will even well, then. Well, that is a bet that I would take because yeah. I think that with the resources of mm. Honda and the brains of Honda, yeah, I think they can get their shit together and they will get their shit together. Talking about betting, if you see the futures market as a form of betting, the performance of Honda road car sales will be suffering because of the reputation of Honda in Formula One. There is a a correlation. Now, Honda's HQ are going to be worrying about that. It's a betting situation. How long before they, what do you call it, sticking or twisting, where you stop betting anymore? Well, if we're talking poker, you're folding. Uh, right. where you, where you, Which is what they just did in that race. They just sold it. They certainly did. But I think it takes a while. Sure, the results that McLaren Honda are having this season are pretty embarrassing. But I think that has to go on for a while before it starts to affect sales of road cars. And conversely, everybody knows that it's not easy to just come in and start winning or even start getting good results. It takes a little while for everything to bed in. And if McLaren Honda are doing as badly this time next year as they are now, then they'll be asking serious questions at the Honda boardroom level. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> they certainly should be. You're allowed to fail in the early stages of a programme like this. And if there's no possibility of you failing, if there's no possibility of you getting things wrong, mm. then you are not trying hard enough, you are not being adventurous enough, you are not being innovative enough. But the problem is, if you accept, as we must, that all F1 programmes really are just extensions of the marketing efforts of a car company and of course yes they're never going to get it right straight away but every time they get it wrong and when they get it it's very publicly and very catastrophically wrong they can say oh it's a development year but the marketing people must be going oh no please not again particularly honda you know they've got that new civic type r They've just done the press launch. There's the road tests of it out now, and it all sounds very good, and it'll be on sale quite shortly. But they must be thinking, please just do a little bit better in F1 yeah, so yeah. we can try and link the two. Fortunately, oh, sure, the, I yeah. firmly believe that, for the most part, motorsport success doesn't really sell as many cars as they would ever like to think. I can't see the correlation, firstly, because I think that average people who buy mainstream cars, like Hondas or Fords or Volkswagens, don't pay attention to motorsport, even Formula One, certainly not rallying or touring cars. But secondly, there's such a disconnect as well. well. If you're thinking of buying a Honda, you're probably sort of not going to think, well, you know, I like the look well, of the Civic, but then I saw that mad Formula One car that's in no way related to a five-door hatchback going a bit wrong. So I'm kind of have second thoughts. I might buy a Kia instead because they're not in any motorsport, which must mean they're better. They screwed up in a race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I, I think the whole halo effect, Yes. Happens. Over a season, you could probably get away with it. If you have two or three seasons 
failing in Formula One, it will ultimately do damage whether people perceive it or not when they go to buy their Civic yes, or their Sierra or yes, whatever, yes, yes. you know. Sierra. Well, the, right. it was a while back, I'm talking historically, <laughs> or their Lotus Coratina. And what it will do is it's at the back of the mind. It's subconscious. Maybe. See, well, relate it, now Mercedes to bulletproof, wonderful, or they won world championships. It's, yeah, it's in yeah, the consciousness. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you're not in there, you're not doing the business. Have you driven past yeah. that Mercedes official used car place on the North Circular here in Swinging London Town? No, where? Oh, uh, uh, on the bit before you get to Hangar Lane Gyratory. Okay, not for a while. Forgive no. me if you don't know yeah. where this is, but you know they have them around the place now. Yeah. There's one in Birmingham and like Manchester and places. These big Mercedes approved use centres, and this one has this sort of kind of circular end to the building. There's this little extra tower bit that they can park one car in that points out onto the main road, and in that big curving window they have a cardboard cutout of Hamilton and a cardboard cutout of Rosberg now Excellent. they seem to move around a little bit but the if it was me if I well exactly if I was you creep past in traffic but <laughs> if I ran that place I would actually very accurately move them together and apart depending on what their relationship was like at that point <laughs> and I sort of in my head I, I was trying to look at it and go are they doing that because if they're not they should be yeah, it would like, be a little barometer nice in fact, they should put like you know yeah. those appeals outside a church so when they get their spire <laughs> thing you know we've reached this level they should do it but a horizontal one that just says you know friends and yeah. then a blue well, and a red band that goes well, friends, the, enemies, friends, enemies. Using the Hamilton Rosberg carbon cutout proximity ometer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're getting on quite well together in the room of awkwardness. Well, today. Rosberg However, made an effort. And I thought Hamilton kind yeah. of went, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he made an effort, but also Lewis had his back to Rosberg, standard, yeah. standard. Yeah. When Rosberg went over to greet Lewis, you know, it wasn't kind of a tap on the shoulder, have you got your attention? It was slap! Yeah. You know, there was, like there was an opportunity to upset him or frighten there him, was, you know. No, there was just the a dig. pungent smell of testosterone in that oh, yeah. usually awkward room. It was especially yeah. awkward after the Canadian Grand Prix <laughs> between Rosberg inexplicably did a, a rubbish punch against the camera lens of the handheld camera in the room <laughs> yeah, for that no was apparent not, reason I've, I've never seen um, anyone do that before it's and a, then the incident okay. that you mentioned and then as well the engineer who came into the room and Hamilton gave him a sort of overly aggressive man hug and it was all a bit yeah yeah, it's, which took him slightly by surprise just needs but to calm down it's always fascinating seeing the way the drivers interact in that space and almost always have that standoffishness between the teammates yeah I think actually Lewis was a very Anything a little bit more relaxed than we've seen him in a lot of the time post race because the order's restored, he's back, and he's had another, you know, completely dominant win. Everything is as it should be, and so you get the sense that he's happy again and he can be a bit standoffish, but there's not really any. You know, he's not he's put much effort into that standoffishness. He's just kind of yeah. flowing naturally from the order of things. <laughs> but I don't know. I, maybe it would make things more interesting if they did engage in actual physical combat in that room, I or, or some conversation a standoff maybe. Nice. through the medium of street dance. It's either way, all it's, mime. It's either yeah. that, or they need to give them all a nice chamomile tea and a hot water bottle. Yeah, Bye. yeah, yeah, calm yeah, yeah. One I, or the other. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Uh, some of you may have heard a uh, slight noise there from uh, one of the engines. Uh, that was uh, unfortunate, of course, but... Uh, we're still pleased with the progress being made uh, during this flight. And, uh, yeah, uh, obviously that's a disappointing development. Uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to stop this plane immediately. Please do not complain. This was always intended to be a developing flight. Thank you for flying. Uh, McLaren on there. 
I like the Canadian Grand Prix, but I don't like the Canadian Grand Prix as much as when I was able to watch it at Le Mans. Because when you go to the Le Mans 24 hours, you know, that Sunday evening after the race, it's a sort of a come down period. The race is over because you've been up for 24 hours. The period of come down after the race needs to be extended. And the best way to do that is to watch a little bitty two hour Formula One race. And I remember we've watched Canadian Grand Prix many times on the Sunday at Le Mans. Yes, yeah. great way to wrap things up. Actually, but, I think the first time I ever went to Le Mans, the race that evening was the US Grand Prix, the infamous one where everyone peeled off and didn't it? do really? it. Oh, because and the yeah, tires yeah, the six yeah, cars. Yes. Whenever that was. Uh, it was uh, two. It was some time ago 19... in America. 1807. That was it? That was it. I remember it well. But since Le Mans has become part of the FIA World Championship, they don't have two FIA-sanctioned races on the same day. It means that we don't have that anymore. But we still have Le Mans. Oh, yes. We still have Le Mans. Are you going? We're going. How are you going, Zog? I'm going to be driving down on the Thursday. Not with me, though. No, well, because you weren't too sure of your availability so I had to go ahead and make arrangements so I'm driving down with Stevie on Thursday we've that's got that's not Stevie uh, Nicks from uh, Stevie Wonder actually I'm not quite no, sure I'm, 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 you I'm, showing I'm, the I'm driving? hoping <laughs> that I'm um, hoping that Stevie Nicks will be able to turn up <laughs> imagine but, that but failing Stevie well, Nicks well no hang on a minute because uh, I shared a hotel room with Stevie Nicks once and when I came yeah. back the room was all on fire I mean it was just ridiculous <laughs> she set fire to all your cocaine <laughs> I, I, terrible terrible woman. anyway uh, but You're Going in your you come back to the hotel room and she's just there bent over with a straw where the sun don't shine. Other yes. rumours are available. <laughs> yes, thank you. Glad to clarify that one. So, yes, yeah, so I'm driving down on Thursday. We, Camping. Uh, staying with uh, travel destinations. Uh, they always uh, give very good hospitality. But not and at yeah, the Porsche Curves. No, not Porsche Curves. Sold out. Tried right. to get a spot at the Porsche Curves, but no, that's been sold out, I think, since January. And part um, of the reason is that that camping space is smaller now because they've improved the runoff areas at the Porsche Curves part of the circuit which has reduced the area available for putting up tents that's what's yeah, happened that's yeah. Right. sounds like these Le Mans people need to get their priorities straight yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. safety and you usually go down on a train with a well-known manufacturer who've won it 14 times out of the last 16 attempts no, that's not true because I went down on the train with a manufacturer that won it once and then gave up that was a plane we flew into No, Le Mans. but I went on a train with them. Though. I remember flying in with you. Did, uh, we did, didn't we, on, on a comically small train? Yeah. Yeah. A plane. plane yeah. And we stayed in a chateau. We did. Yeah. But you're oh, not doing that a train. Oh, I've gone many different ways down to Le Mans. This year I'm driving. In what? In a, a car, in an Audi. At Audi? At Audi, yeah. Any particular one, do you Yeah, know? one of the racing ones. They just asked me to run it in a oh, bit. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, well, they're so diesel. Fine. They have a long life. Yeah, I'll see, I reckon I'll do it in one tank. It'll be quite nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Now I'm driving down with a mate who needed a lift. And yeah, we're going Friday morning. I've got mixed feelings about it, because it's always a longer drive than you think down there, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, it's nine just, hours. I'll tell you what, I really like the Eurostar. Just as a general thing, I really like the well, Eurostar. Yeah. And I really like getting into Paris and then doing the little metro across Paris to the... Uh, I can't remember which gar is the one that... Who uh, get me? Gar, <laughs> speaking French. It's the one that gets you then out to Le Mans. It's a, quite a lovely jaunt. There's a sense of adventure as well, particularly on the way out. It's very nice. I've got to do that this Are year. you doing that? I'm doing oh, that. Lovely. I'm going you're on the on Eurostar. And you're coming down on Saturday, aren't you? On yeah. Saturday morning, I'm leaving London about 6 o'clock in the morning. Going to Paris, changing gars. Uh, Changer. Yeah, Changer. Changer. 
go. go. And then I'm going to hopefully rendezvous with you at the Tetra Rouge Tribune for the Sometime start of the race. Lunchtime ish, yeah. depending on. Yeah. That's yeah. the plan. That's the plan. Well, well, see how it works out. sounds pomplemousse super. Ah, pomplemousse. <laughs> so we're all sorted. What about the racing? Now, I've got here the Autosport Le Mans 2015 guide, which always warms my heart. When this comes through, it's always a surprise. It's as if I've forgotten about it, which is stupid, because I should know by now. They do always make a very good preview. It's a great reminder. It whets your appetite and reminds you of what's coming up. Have you considered some of the names driving at Le Mans this year? There are always good names at Le Mans. But I good found... names as in what? As in unusual names or famous unusual, names? Unusual, yes. Names I've not come across before which made me smile. For instance, have you noticed in the number 21 Nissan GTR. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Mark Shulzitsky? No. It could be said Shulzitsky. Is that how it's spelled? S H U L Z H T I S K I Y. No, this is this Shitty is a countdown stinky. conundrum. It's been revealed, isn't it? <laughs> that's a good name, but that's not the best because there's an even better poo-related name. I have to point out. <laughs> Just someone called Mark. Poo. Yeah, Mark Poo. Really? <laughs> well, wonderful. Yeah, he's very quick um, in the wet, though. Where is he? Where is he? I should have highlighted these to find them earlier for you. I'm sorry, lack of preparation. I will find it. Stand by. Here it is. It is. Uh, uh, I'd like a what? driver called Poo. That would be fantastic. But there you go. <laughs> there's, a, there's a racer All called the... Poo. No, Pow, sorry. There we uh, go. Uh, How about this one? In the number 72 SMP racing run by AF Course. How about... Victor Scheiter. <laughs> now, isn't Lovely. that the best name? Lovely. There is another Pooh-related name in there. I Are can't, you thinking so that Mark Pooh? At first, it would be Mark with a C, and then his surname would be P-O-U-X. Yeah, Pooh. Poo. Uh, poo. So yeah. you look at it, you written down, you go, well, that's just poo. Oh, poo. Oh, God, his name's Poo. And then... And then yeah. you know that Ash is a very sophisticated uh, Belgian. He's a very, very sophisticated Belgian, yes. He's a sort of gentleman racer, but unfortunately, he lends himself to headlines such as, Poo is sure to make a stink in the, <laughs> in the GT category. <laughs> It hits the fan if it all yes, goes wrong. Yes, exactly. Well, no. Sort of oh, thing. God. Imagine if there was an awful accident and yeah. he ran over a race goer and they'd go, oh, no, the poo's hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't extrapolate that one myself, did I? Yeah, we could go through this, but I think we ought to save actually going through just this. just hope it doesn't come to that. Until the actual race. But it's kind of tricky because of the two Toyotas running, you've got Davidson and Buemi and Nakajima in one, Vert Sarazan and Conway in the other. For me, it's the number one Toyota. I actually don't really care about any of the Audis. Do you care about any of the Audis? Because you've got Fastlander, Lotter and Trulia in one. Yeah. We don't really care about them. They're brilliant. We don't care about them. Degrassi, Duval and Ollie Jarvis in two. Close, but we don't really care. Albuquerque, Bononomi and Rast. In the number yeah, nine see, what car. they well, need is I'd, a McNishan there, and then I'd be sort of... That's right. Well, yeah, and, and certainly since Christensen retired, I don't quite have the love for Audi that I had when uh, we had Christensen, Capella, McNish. That said, the number seven car... Fashion, Lottery, and Trillier. Yeah, that's yeah. the Audi that I'm backing. There's some continuity for me there with that magnificent period of Audi excellence. So, yeah, number seven car. It's not the car that I'm backing for the race. It's not my pick for the race, but of the Audis... I'm going for number seven. Well, we'll discuss this in more detail at the race itself, I think. But the Porsche team, have you chosen which of the three Porsches? Because you love Porsche. I have. I have Is it yeah, all of them? And I'd love to see the 17 car win. I'd love to see That's Mark Bernard Weber, Weber and Hartley. win this race Mac, for Porsche. Yeah. Yep. 
No question. Yep. Yep. But I did have a little bit of a dilemma when I was picking my new vinyl for this year for the car. You know what I'm going to have on the car. What you've do- got a record what, player in what the car. What door numbers do I want? I couldn't decide whether to go for number seventeen. In the end, I've slightly hedged my bets. I've got nine one nine. Ah, very good, generic number. See, I'm split with the Porsches because I've got Neil Yarny in one, who's an old mate from A1, and the Hulk in 19, who I love to bits, as you know, and XA1 as well. Mm. But I can't decide, can't decide. Right, this Nissan, the GTR LM Nismo, it did all right in the test day, didn't it? But it Mm, was fine all right. They used the old McLaren excuse about, well, this is all testing. Which is easier to say when it is. When it is so different to the other cars testing. in the field, and That's it really fine. is the first. Yeah, yeah. but it was slow. Yeah, for an LMP1 car, it's no excuse. It was struggling to outpace the LMP2. It had good top speed, but lap times, they certainly disappointed me. I would imagine Nissan would probably have wanted to be a bit quicker than that, I'm sure. Whether they would expect it to be quick, I don't know, because they should should know know the car well. What their aims are, perhaps they were not lying. It was all about just getting everything shaken down. Something rather wonderful happened, though, as a result of this, because I wrote a stupid story for Sniff Petrol saying that for the race, they were going to reverse the car around, thereby (laughs) making it mid-engine and rear-wheel drive. (laughs) stole a joke we were making on this show a while ago deliberately getting Ben Bulby's name wrong and calling him Ben Bulbus and stuff Billy Bulbo I did that in the story and then got a tweet from the official Nismo racing team Twitter account saying how much they enjoyed the story and Ben Bulbus enjoyed it particularly <laughs> and a photo of actual Ben Bulbus sitting at a laptop laughing even when presumably they've got quite a lot of stuff to worry about they took the time to do that and sort of funny side. A silly website. Yeah. yeah Is that so, yeah, car good, good running point. any energy recovery at all at Ye- this point? I believe it is. It's running the two megajoule system, aren't they? Well, yeah, they're nominated they... in the two megajoule system class, but is that system actually working on the car at the moment? Because where I think their speed deficit has come from. They haven't got that. I could be wrong, well, and I... hope they get it working for the race. If, or if it is working, I hope it's working better for them. I thought, I thought they'd they knocked were... it back. I thought they were knocking it back so they weren't running... To yeah, because I, I think the original concept was that they would have two independent energy recovery systems, one working on the front axle, one on the rear axle. And I believe they're using one of those, but not both. I think that's how it's worked out, but I'm happy but to I'll be honest, happy uh, uh, We've said this before, and I certainly, for me personally, I can scoff and call him Ben Bulbus all you like, but I really hope that thing works, just because yeah. it's novel and Absolutely. interesting, and it shakes it up a bit. I love the fact that this really is a mouth-watering prospect we've got for next weekend. Four top manufacturers are going to be duking it out. I think it's going to be a fantastic race. It will be a fantastic race. Le Mans always is, and with the addition of a really crazy car it can't fail yeah. brilliant and we'll be there we've established that haven't oh, yeah. we we'll, 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 be a show. Yeah. we'll be making a show yeah. I'll be in such an enormous ivory tower of free with some unicorns and, and ponies and you'll be in a jacuzzi full like of champagne no, I'll tell you what I'm well, celebrating though because I managed to get sun. I managed to get my media pass out of the ACO which ranks on the level of difficulty just below achieving sainthood during your natural life oh, and just above getting yeah, blood out yeah. of a stone it's pretty hey, tricky and, uh, if a yeah. crook like I shouldn't say anything because I'll take it off me again but anyway so I can move freely around not just in the ivory tower of stuff but I can move around and get through the pits and come out into the real world and well Richard I will wave and then get back in again which is the main point yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to go and have a shower I will wave at you from the latrine that I will be sleeping <laughs> in <laughs> hello the SEO how may we not help you 
Yes. Yes, we have plenty. No, I would define plenty as there is enough for all the drivers. Yes, I appreciate some drivers may want more than others, but as I say, we have plenty. No, I will not order another 50 liters. We have plenty as it is. This is the tenth time you have called this week. Now, please, stop asking us about our arrangements for, how you say, the orange squash. No, no, this conversation is over. And you can stop doing the funny voice. I notice you, Monsieur Weber. I bet you can count the number of people listening to this programme who have done a lap of Silverstone in a Formula One car on less than one finger. However, the chances are a good number of you out there have lapped Silverstone at pace in a full range of F1 cars virtually. I bet you're all gamers, aren't you? I bet you've all done a bit of motorsport in the virtual environment. It's been a while since I have. So were you ever a gamer, a motor gamer? I uh, I know you were. Yeah, although my most intense gaming has been either playing GoldenEye or Halo. Those were kind of my two big game sessions. They're not car games. They're not car games, no. I mean, I've played a lot of Gran Turismo over the years. That's the racing game that I've played most of. But I'm not... Not a current uh, game. Not as obsessive a gamer as you might think. And no, I'm not a current gamer. I haven't been playing video games as obsessively for a while. I went through the various Gran Turismos and Project Gotham and some rally games. Sega Rally was the one that really first got me hooked, I suppose. Yeah, I never really got into the rally games. I always liked the thing in Gran Turismo of either racing a friend, just wheelchair racing, or just you know doing lap after lap after lap of the same circuit, trying to get better. Richard? Was it Gran Turismo where you used to win Master Demios for doing well? Yes, that's right. Well, yeah. that's one of the first cars you get. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You did that? That's a lot of car horns outside. Yeah, it's I think quite tur- weird. Turkey Somebody won the I World Cup or something. It's usually There's been happens. an election in Turkey oh, and is, Erdogan, though. who's a bit on the dictatory side, oh, yeah. might not have won this election. So oh, it's possibly yeah. people Get on celebrating. Yeah. I, I should Erdogan say we, we live in a well. part of London where there's quite a strong... Uh, not we, but I, even Violet, live in a part of London where there's quite a strong Turkish community. So if there's noise on the streets, it's usually and Turkish. You, ha- you have the second best kebab shop in London. Do we? Yeah. After where? After Kebab Kid in Fulham. And that's I, your favourite, is I it? Get, there is just no question that it does the best kebabs in town. You know, this, really? You said that was such authority. It's not yeah. even worth arguing about. No, I wasn't going to argue with it because it's, there's a kebab shop in Archway which has, or used to have at least, the best kebabs in London written rather confidently on its outside. And I went there once and they were all right. Now, like, the I, I, can I ring the trade descriptions people? But and ask really is, one of the things that sort of strikes me is there's this wonderful sort of mix of clientele, and that quite often, if you pull up there late at night to pick up a quick snack, there'll probably be a couple of quite fancy cars parked right outside, a Ferrari or two. With a couple of black cabs, because um, <laughs> yeah, the cabbies yeah. often stop off there. The last I would say they're not just sitting there so, with a meter running while somebody... No, so my, my, my point being is that everybody appreciates the equality kebab of a kid. kebab okay. kid. The last kebab I had was in 1989. I went out with a bloke. I hadn't had a drink for six months for one reason or another. And I went out with this bloke and said, come out have a drink with me. I mean, a big, big drink. And I was so drunk. I think I had eight pints that night. I was so drunk. I ate and enjoyed a kebab on the way home. 
which is unusual because I had been a vegetarian for five years. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I was you that drunk. Drink. Wow. Threw up all over the house. <laughs> oh, afraid, yeah. so, anyway, yeah. kebabs back to gaming. Yeah, I'm glad we stayed on topic there. I'll be honest, I'm slightly more interested in kebabs than I am in computer games. Is that right? Yeah, you yeah. don't find the satisfaction of well, I don't being find able much to satisfaction tweak your in kebabs. I don't generally have a donna. I haven't had a donna for years. I did. I used when to have a dirty talk pleasure about, cars, about donna meat and chips just in a, in a thing. I mean, that is filth. But that is ghastly. Yeah. My God. Anyway. Late night. Um, wasn't she a Geordie television presenter? Donna meat and chips. Yeah, yeah that was a, it was a, a late night chat show and um, about computer games that's <laughs> the pun in the title Chips. also I start to sound like such an old fart by saying computer games like someone's grandma oh, you just say gaming now yeah, don't gaming, we gaming, gaming yeah exactly yeah. you don't play uh, games on your I don't, iPhone I don't, no, I don't know I played Angry Birds and remember that cart game that we got the cars made up for which yeah, I found yeah, yeah, embarrassing yeah. can I remember the name Slots Racer Slots Racer yeah that's that's a good one yeah that's very good still going isn't it transport based games I've recently become a bit of a fan of uh, tank game World of Tanks have you seen that one where you can just be like a long distance <laughs> lorry driver you, you don't you know you, you don't move very fast but at least you get to blow lots of shit up you know it's great <laughs> The lorry driver one really puzzles me because lo- you're just a lorry driver. It, but on realistically it, rendered versions of UK roads, I believe. So well, but you go- e- even more puzzling is the and I think Violet might be able to tell us more about this. But the I believe largely Japanese phenomena of train simulator games. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, there's and a lot of that. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and you will have simulations of particular yeah. commuter train runs. And you are through to the next round. Drive the Shinkansen to Osaka. I suppose it's also a slightly sort of Zen thing where it seems like the objective is to be able to just stop the train, bang on. The mark, you yeah. know, and not accelerate too fast, not brake too sharply. You've just got to give the passengers a smooth ride, get there on time. There must, so there must be ride on more games yeah. as well. Where yeah, you could, well, it's just like, the first thing I do, I think, is just go, how much can I absolutely nail the throttle open and see yeah. what happens when I get to the station? <laughs> just what happens through a wall? You two were around here the other week, and I showed these two something that I'd spotted on TV. Motors TV have been running a race series which is not a real race series. It's a virtual race series. Alex O'Dell, who's a friend of the programme, started this thing called Really Rubbish Racing, where he races against a bunch of mates in sort of parallel race series. So at the moment, they're doing, like, Supercar V8s, Australian V8s. And they record the race, and then they get a commentator to commentate on it. And then they put it up on Motors TV as though it were a real race series brilliant idea I think brilliant because the racing is bonkers well, isn't it they all go off at the first corner let's just project way into the future here so let's just throw out a possibility that that could be the future you just suddenly made me think about the fact that in Olympic competition I believe they've actually started in the small bore pistol events replacing the what used to be two two caliber target pistols mm. with pistols that do not fire a traditional round of ammunition they fire a laser beam. You're basically playing sort of laser tag. Wow. Um, I don't know why they've done that. I'm not involved in the world of competitive shooting, but I assume it's basically well, because of the... Reduce the number of deaths. Yeah. No, who's been, who's been killed? lost an eye for no, ages. Yeah, but a lot of people get killed falling off horses. I'm pretty sure nobody's been injured by a 2-2 target pistol in recent years. No. But there's a PR thing. I can quite believe that that's been driven by the increasing unacceptability of firearms. Mm -hmm. Now, as the internal combustion engine becomes less and less 
PR friendly as it becomes oh, you know, the... less socially acceptable. Maybe virtual racing will somewhere down the line be the only way that we can really get our kicks driving exciting, powerful machines. V8, virtual V8. It might be the last place that we hear and see a V8 or a V12 racing in virtual racing. That's an interesting idea. Uh, Brundle said something interesting. I don't know if you saw that he drove the Force India car on the Sky coverage uh, a couple of races ago. And he said that he would never have been able to get in that car and drive it even down the pit lane, out of the garage, onto the the track at all, if he hadn't done the simulator work that he'd been allowed to do, which prepped him for it. And this is what Johnny Herbert says about people like Max Verstappen. The reason that youngsters, 17-year-olds, can jump into an F1 car now and race is that they've done the simulator work Mm. they've done everything that they can in the simulator hours and hours and hours and it's an environment that they recognize and understand because as a kid they spent hours and hours and hours racing on their playstation they get it nissan too with the gt academy have actually taken kids like jan mardenborough like lucas ordinay and put them in their bloody Le Mans car. Some vote of confidence for gaming has been a serious route to racing now, isn't it? I haven't looked at that process well enough to know whether it's a really sort of successful way of finding and developing drivers or whether it's a good filtering process for the early stages of finding some drivers. You know, in other words, if you're going to pick some young drivers to get onto your racing program and to develop as race drivers some kind of selection process based on picking people that are really good at video games it may not be a completely reliable predictor of how good they're going to be in a racing car but it's at least going to pick people who've got good reactions and have some kind of feel for the dynamics of how a thing is going to go around a track, who are, you know... Mm. They'll know the way around the circuit. They will have learned the circuit That's one of the things I don't like about car racing games generally. It's not that I've done a lot of car racing, but it's just that I find that there is that sort of lack of feedback and even the sort of forced feedback wheels and stuff like that. It's not realistic, is it? Because one of the greatest things you can feel in the way a car's behaving is just through your arse and through G-forces and stuff like that, which you're denied in just playing a PlayStation game or something like that. I'm sure you do get it in the simulator in a F1 only once. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you say that because I always feel when I'm playing a driving game, you know, I always felt when I was playing Gran Turismo, for example, that in a way it was actually harder doing the simulation that it would have been driving that car on an actual track because you don't have that immediate physical feedback and you're having to sort of interpret what's happening to this virtual object purely through what you're seeing rather than what you're seeing and what you're feeling and what you're hearing. Well, it's driving a train on a computer, that's fine. Easy peasy. Yeah, easy. Just, uh, just keep it all smooth. It's fine. <laughs> the computer game I used to like. Keep saying computer game. Sorry, kids. You can say computer uh, game. But the last driving game that I really got into and lost days on end, which is another reason why I don't play games, because I don't have days on end. Just lose, which is what happens, isn't it? The one where just whole weeks disappeared was Colin McRae Rally ah. on the PlayStation oh. years ago. I used to love that. And I used to love the training bit of that as well, where you just get bored and you just start ploughing through the cones trying to aim for Colin's porter cabin on the edge of the <laughs> training ground. God rest his soul, but then his pre-recorded voice would come in and go, stop messing about. <laughs> <laughs> well remembered. It's been a while since I thought about that one. Staying in the virtual environment, we're going to play out with a tune. Let me say goodbye from these two first. Goodbye, Zog. Goodbye. Goodbye, Richard. Goodbye. See you at Le Mans. We're going to play out with a tune from Fake Bit Polytechnic. Yes, it's not me for once. It's a real actual band. You'll know one half of this band, Dave Green. You've probably read his work in The Guardian. The other half of the band is Dave Pape. 
and they play interesting instruments. It's a bit of a chip tune. Dave Pape plays the guitar as well as doing some vocals. He also plays the Wiimote on this, whereas Dave Green plays a Wii guitar and a laptop and does the vocals and wrote the lyrics with Dave Pape. They are fake bit polytechnic. And this is Dry to the Horizon. Commuting through a web of one-way streets Then I'm bored of being a home Bored of the TV Bored of all the box sets stacked up on the screen I've got to get away, got to see things differently I don't have a car, but I've got a PS3 So I'm driving, driving right to the horizon Driving through the night in a bunch of basic games I'm driving, driving, eating up the miles In cars I can't afford, the speeds I can't maintain There's no cameras, no roadworks, no sirens, no alarms It's all fun, fun, fun on the virtual Through to Monaco GP I'm revving the controller Zooming off the start I'm like a Michael Schumacher A Super Mario Kart Then there's all the DLC For a burnout marathon Gaining so much distance On the world I'm running from That's why I'm driving Driving right to the horizon Driving through the night In a bunch of racing games Driving, driving Eating up the miles In cars I can't afford It's easy to come in Take don't need a license Or insurance Or a spare wheel in the boot It's all cool and now the sun's coming up And the action's winding down There's not a world-class circuit That I haven't been around so if your regular existence lacks autonomy and power Try going round in circles at 140 miles an hour Like when I'm driving, driving right to the horizon Driving through the night in a bunch of racing games Driving, driving, eating up the miles in Cars I can't afford, the speeds I can't maintain There's no HGVs or tractors, no automobiles or ladders It's all fast, 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 on the virtual autostrada I need a license or insurance or a spare wheel in the boot It's all cool, 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 on the virtual auto route to send us an email see pictures get song lyrics join our facebook fan site follow us on twitter or to find out about sponsorship opportunities go to garethjones.tv gareth jones on speed is made in london by whiz bang gareth jones